have an announcement to make. This will be our first week where we will not be giving you two episodes of what we do here on the Resistance Broadcast. Because we're giving you three! That's right, baby! The Mando Fan Show is coming back this Friday. I got you there. People are like, oh my god, they're, they're dialing it back. I can't believe it. Nope, we're dialing it up. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast, our Monday show of the normal podcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us. James and Lacey with me as always. Yeah, the Mandalorian's coming back in four freaking days. I cannot believe we're watching brand new live-action Star Wars Probably an 18-minute episode or something like that in four days. Uh, so, yeah, we got everything pretty pretty lined up and, and good to go for the Mando fan show. Um, how you guys doing? How was your how was your how was your weekends? How you feeling about Mando being like, back? I just like that you didn't fully think that out <laughs> because we've had get there. we've had weeks where we did not do two episodes before, <laughs> like when Mando fan show was on last year. Right, right, right. But it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. No, I'm just teasing you. Yeah. <clears throat> Lacey, you want to chime in, or how are we doing? I was waiting for James to talk about his new book. I thought that's where that was going, not just a statement based on <laughs> you not saying the right thing. How are you doing, Lacey? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, so, James, we talked before we recorded. You claim that. Someone has officially created the closest thing to a real lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. I think he claims that it is officially the further the closest we've ever got to a lightsaber. He's probably right, right? I don't even know who this person is. I just saw it on YouTube. Somebody's like, I know that person. They probably follow him. Yeah. He's got a lot of subscribers, I think. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this thing just that, that it was like massively dangerous he he created like one a while ago that was like a, a really hot pole mm-hmm. it just got it just like you know heated up and was able to burn through stuff right. and people apparently got mad at him told him that wasn't a real lightsaber so he did this one that's like so it was like a really long curling iron <laughs> basically yeah 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 and then this but this new one is like also, I think, it, like, I don't think the pack was, like, it wasn't mobile. I think it was just, like, it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the but this one, like, he's he put it all into a backpack, and he, he connected it so you can, like, walk around with it. But it is, like, a massively condensed flame, where at the very top it looks like a flame. It doesn't look like a lightsaber, but, like, the rest of it straight up is. And you can add, like, he said you could add particles to it, which only takes, like, a second. Um, but it will change the color to like red or, and he was like showcasing, he's like green, blue, purple, red, (laughs) yellow, white. Like he had all the different colors and stuff. My favorite part of that is the people that were mad at him that his first one wasn't good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People want real lightsabers so bad and I want nothing. Like if I saw someone, first of all, I wouldn't even hold one myself, but if I saw someone walking towards me with one. I would run as fast as I could in the other direction. <laughs> That's it, scary. It's pretty wild when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's just a it's a lightsaber and yeah, they're really dangerous or whatever, but like when you see the guy holding it, you're like, I don't know that I would ever actually hold a real lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> now what now there's gonna be like some lunatic who's so obsessed with Star Wars and like Kylo Ren or something 
that they're going to mm-hmm. try to make one with the two side exhausts and they're just going to melt their hands off. I don't which is kind of Star I don't Wars, know I that anybody like but this person could do it. He's the only one. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, I mean like I'm sure like there are people but they would have to have like massive incentive to do it. He has like YouTube income. That's what, you know, what I mean, and patrons and other things like that that sh- allow him to do those things that really lean into that uh, Hope he has type good of insurance. I mean, like, I'm sure, like, Mythbusters guys or whatever could could do it, too, but, like, yeah. they would have to, like, I don't know, devote an entire episode's budget to doing it or something. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So, yeah, and that all came because I got that lightsaber collection book, so we were talking about lightsabers. So, yeah, a lot of that stuff had been coming out sporadically. Did, is there any, did it, anything in there that you're like, oh, man, all right, this is interesting i didn't expect it was definitely it's definitely a lot more than i thought like they're like they were releasing a ton of stuff and i was like oh my gosh man they're just like it's another person it's another person it's another person but like it's probably like three percent of the whole book you know with everything they released there's a lot of people in there and there's ones in there that i didn't expect in including some characters that don't have images or people but they have like their lightsaber because they were like i don't know the lightsaber was held in dr affer's hand (laughs) <laughs> in That's a cool. comic strip uh, but it's like a full version of it so some of the high republic stuff is in there which i know we knew because they released that but right um yeah, good stuff pretty cool um all right before we get into the resistance report um we have some giveaways that we want to announce that we're launching today um i don't know if you guys have heard us talk about this but jewelrybrands.shop is a site i'll admit i didn't really know much about them before we got involved with them um, but they have amazing stuff. Like, look at this pack I have. If you're watching YouTube from The Mandalorian, uh, they have these giant, like, Millennium Falcon pins. They have ones that light up. All sorts of things. It's not just jewelry as in the traditional sense. And uh, we're doing a couple of giveaways now. Um, the first one is going to be on Twitter. It's uh, The Mandalorian Enamel Pin. Uh, and all you need to do is look for our tweet at rbatswnn make sure you're following us on twitter and then retweet that uh don't quote tweet i know twitter's all screwed up now where people are like i don't know how to normally retweet you just hit the button and don't type anything just retweet and you'll be entered to win that and then we have uh something for instagram right Lacey? yeah so it's a uh baby yoda the child necklace and both of these items aren't out yet so that's the cool thing is that we're launching this giveaway on mando monday which is the big product launch for every monday of mandalorian but um which kicks off today by the way so i'm sorry for your wallets um (laughs) but yeah so this is one of those items that's coming out very soon and we got one early so we're giving away both these things that you can't get yet, which is pretty cool. So if you want the Baby Yoda, the child necklace from Jewelry Brands, you're going to head over to our Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. You're going to like the post, comment, follow us, follow uh, Jewelry Brands. And then also, if you want an extra entry, if you share that image to your Instagram story and then tag us so you can see it, that gets you Holy one additional moly. entry. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I mean, yeah, you got to double your odds. Why not? Yeah. Um, and then also, if you just want to check out the site, because um, they have original trilogy stuff, Marvel stuff, like not even just Star Solo Wars Solo stuff. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have amazing things there. So go to jewelrybrands.shop, and uh, whenever you fill up your cart and you go to checkout, just use TRB as your code in the checkout and you get 10% off. So um, definitely take advantage of that, because saving money is good, especially as we're approaching the holidays and you got to spend your money on other people. 
So, <laughs> yeah. And buy some gifts for people on there. There you go. Good idea. Yeah. All right. So now it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of the show, the resistance report. James, what's going on this week, man? It's the resistance. What's going on this week is a lot of news that has to do with Lucasfilm. Big surprise, right? <laughs> Lucasfilm, in fact, is uh, getting a little head of the game by bringing in Ewan McGregor to do a little uh, hands-on camera in costume test uh, on the set of The Mandalorian, which kind of came as a surprise to everybody thinking... So he has already, in a way, like suited up for this show, even though filming is still a little ways away. Um, John knows all the details of this story, uh, but I mean, it's just good to know that um, it's actually happening. John, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so Ewan McGregor was on Josh Horowitz's podcast, Happy, Sad, Confused. Um, Josh gets all the money guests, always. (laughs) And he's, you know, he talked to him about his new um, road trip show and obviously peppered him some Star Wars questions toward the very end there. Um, And he, yeah, he got him to talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, he's excited about it. Uh, They're going to do the volume technology. He's really excited about that. A lot of the stuff that we had heard in previous interviews he's he's been doing. But one thing he did reveal is that he did a uh, camera test in costume on the set of The Mandalorian. But what I found interesting was he talked about how he showed up and it was like his old costume, say, from the prequels. I don't know if it was literally the one, but maybe a one that was similar to it. Um, and OB one. The OB one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he said that they did the test and he did them with Deb Chow. And he's like, Deborah Chow, who's great, who you know was a director for The Mandalorian chapters three and seven. Um, and she's going to be directing the entire Obi-Wan series. So that triggered something in my mind. He's like, all right, he went to this set and he worked with Deborah Chow doing camera tests. And then he said, we did some tests when it was still a movie. So I'm like, all right, that's another check there for me. So it had me thinking that he did these tests a long time ago. I'm thinking he did these like two years ago because Deborah Chow. On the set of the original, maybe season well, one. I think he did it during season one of the Mandalorian. So because Deborah Chow's not involved with season two. Now, granted, she could have just visited the set and said, hey, John, you know, let us use the volume. We're going to do some stuff. Oh, yeah, come on in. Wear your mask, please. Can I borrow, you know, all that can stuff. I borrow the volume? Yeah, let me borrow the volume. Flip the switch on. Here we go. Here's the volume. Um, but he mentioned that we did some tests when it was still a movie. And as we know, the Kenobi project was a movie up until very early in 2019 when we broke the story that they were making it into a series on Star Wars Newsnet. So I'm thinking he did this um camera test anywhere from october to like january 2018 to 2019 uh so it's that long ago so it's funny that deborah chow was in the mix even if they were still developing it as a movie and they were starting to transition it um but it's it's just funny that he's just revealing this now and it is news now even though it probably happened a long time ago um that's my logical speculation on it but like it it just the, the bottom line of it is Knowing that Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, was back in his robe after 15 years, it really triggered the fact that now it starts to feel real to me. Like, all the reports, all the stories, he's coming back, he's talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know. But hearing that he was in costume, something about that, 
how stupidly simple it is really made me realize that we're getting it and it made me more excited. Hmm. Lacey, what do you think? Um, I'm super excited that Ewan McGregor is talking about Kenobi at any time because as you guys know, I think he's the GOAT. So I'm just excited that this show is happening. I can't wait to see it even a trailer for it, anything. So if they release this footage, I think I'd lose it. Um, but I think my favorite thing about any interview with Hugh McGregor is just he seems so delightful to talk to. Like, he seems like a genuinely nice person who just loves what he does and is just a constant positive person, which is always nice to be around because every interview I've ever watched with with him talking about anything, but especially Star Wars, like, he just lights up like he just loves talking about it and loved being Obi-Wan Kenobi. So to me, in this interview, what stood out the most was when he's talking about seeing the robes, he was just like, my God, like I'm back, like I'm actually doing this again. And it just makes me so happy that an actor that cares about a role and a character so much gets to play that character again. And that's just like such a wonderful feeling. And I was smiling the whole time I was reading through this article because it's just I'm just so happy for him. Like, from the moment he got to announce it at D23 to now, like, every kind of step along the way where he's given an interview about it, he just seems that much, like, invested in it as we are as fans, which is really, really nice to see. Yeah. Um, You know, they've been talking... I've been seeing a lot of people saying... What am I referring to? an article or something that was talking about how Lucasfilm's secrecy could be hurting them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anyone see this? No. Is that us? <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely something that we have talked about. And We've I've, definitely I've, talked I've, about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's weird because, um, like I think, I think Apple is suffer, suff, suffering for instance, because they are letting too much out there and they're not, keeping things secretive enough. But it's so weird because with Lucasfilm, I'm like, I don't understand why you're being secretive. Like it's such a weird thing. But where this led to is I was on the same track with you, John. Like when, when was this filmed? This wasn't like two weeks ago, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the set of Mandalorian season two. And my thought was they were doing like in camera, in costume, tests for this show that's so far away like what are they testing and i'm like well they're probably getting just ideas of like the backgrounds and the visual and you know kind of the tone or something and i'm like it reminds me of how they used the scene from rogue one that was just like a lighting test in the trailer and i'm like so is there any chance that this footage ever sees the light of day and i'm like probably not honestly but I can't imagine the the footage that just sits around on computers and stuff. That's what I'm saying is I'm like, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't understand sometimes why we don't get something that just is like him slowly turning and looking at the camera, you know, or something like that. And it just says, Kenobi. What about him just putting his hood on for the first time? Like, wow. That's what I'm saying. Anything like a a 15 second teaser that is a photo. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when straight up the the D23 announcement. Bad job. It it could have been. I just liked how happy he was. I know, but it could have been way more epic. They're like, we're going to bring out Ewan McGregor now. Ewan, do you have anything to say? Are you coming back? Yes, I am. It's like, that's what you choose to do after all this? 
Come on. And then yeah, you got blamed, it, John, for you know putting out that story. Oh, How yeah. dare you ruin yeah, that ruined announcement? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember like exactly how that went down. I remember it being kind of weird too, but I, I, I just don't know. Like it feels like so easily we could get like an image or something, especially when like before I was kind of in the mindset of like, oh, well they haven't even started filming yet. So who knows? You know well, what I mean? They're not gonna, I would hate for them to release like concept art and stuff. Cause that's what high Republic is doing. And I'm like, stop doing that. But like <laughs> they have footage of him in the costume. Yeah. In the volume, oh, also like, probably against Tatooine, man, because they had and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, and so on top of that, <laughs> how much content have they done since then? I know they're not filming, but like, what other stuff? We're talking about a costume first look, you know, that they they filmed like three years ago, yeah, and or two years ago, I guess, and. Uh, I don't know. We're just now hearing about it. So like, what have they done in that two years that could just very simply be an image that they release that say, Hey, just a reminder, this is coming. And if you want this, maybe consider getting Disney plus now. Yeah. We have the Mandalorian coming up, but like also this is coming. There could be, go ahead, Lacey. The craziest thing about like the secrecy thing is if you look at the exact opposite end of that, kind of spectrum of secrecy if you look at like and i know this is obviously a toy so preface it with that but if you look at what Haslab is doing with the razor crest where they're saying you guys are the fans do you guys want this then support it and we'll make it and they're giving them details along the way of what they're doing they're giving them like daily updates basically through the whole process like If anything, nowadays in 2020, when everybody's mostly at home, everyone's really dialed in on the internet and everything that's going on, and especially Star Wars fans, why wouldn't you do more update stuff? I mean, and I go back to the whole J.J. Abrams thing where he's like, I've started a Twitter to give you updates. And like, nothing. (laughs) It was nothing. We were all so excited for that Instagram and Twitter account that we were going to get updates from the set. It was going to be so cool. We were going to feel like we were part of the experience. And it was just crickets. So I feel like going back to the secrecy thing, I get it and I understand it. But at the same time, like, I feel like you'd have a better return on investment and more people kind of backing you and supporting what you're doing if you were more transparent with fans that want that process. You know what's Mm -hmm. also annoying, though? Like... I think of the Snyder cut too. Like they're giving updates on that thing. Well, like so, the the quotes were very clear in what McGregor said, and still blogs and fan blogs and stuff still messed it up. And they're like, "You and McGregor will be wearing the same exact outfit in the Kenobi series." I'm like, "Where did you? How did you make that assumption based on him saying he did an, a a camera test?" Wearing his old outfit. Like, they just wanted something to look similar to see how he looks at his age now against the background of the volume. And they're like, here's your Jedi robe. It fits you from the pre. Like, people are like, I guarantee it was a, robe. hey, we need to do a, a shoot on Tuesday. What do we got in the closet? They're like, well, we got his old robes. And yeah. they're like, okay, bring them out. He's still the same size. Yeah. You do McGregor. <laughs> like, I mean, it, 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 it be- does. It, it seems like they would just be like, if we need to do that camera test, like what Lacey's saying, is there is there any way we yes. could pull like his old outfit just but my, because it'll because it'll be cool. But my point yeah. is that people take that and I don't know how it gets spun into that he's wearing the same outfit for this series. 
But Let me click on this story that doesn't say that. So my my point, <laughs> I guess I guess my point is like fans screw up and blogs screw up and sites screw up a little bit of information like that. I think that's sometimes why they're so hesitant to release information because it gets all twisted up and mucked up and then they got to fix it. It's just like it, it's ridiculous. But on, by, the, on the, by the way, oh, was, this is off topic. <laughs> oh, well, real quick. But on the positive side, even though we may not see it, there's probably some stills or at least you know, and definitely actually video footage of you McGregor at this age in like the Mos Eisley Cantina, uh, in the mm-hmm. docking bays, mm-hmm. on the Dune Sea. Like they probably did a bunch of things on Tatooine because they had those assets for chapter five. Right. Um, so it's just I, I, I find that really interesting. And I guess to your point, Who James, knows, that'd be man. cool if they were like. Yeah, take a look. Check it out. I, they're they're probably doing weird stuff where they're like replacing the new Ewan McGregor footage over Alec Guinness stuff just for fun. There's someone <laughs> who's probably messing around yeah. in like the computer like, hey, look what we can do now. I can replace his face and yeah. do all this crazy stuff just because we already have... Now we have this footage of him in, in the, the cantina. We'll set him here at this this thing i don't know yeah. it seems kind of interesting yeah. I, my other thing was completely off topic you were talking about the twitter and how they change things they're like retweeting thing or whatever i tried oh, to yeah. i tried to retweet something earlier and it was like did you want to read the article first and i was like <laughs> oh that's interesting <laughs> <Said> that? <laughs> yeah really yeah like it it john's dream hit, has come true someone's amazing. been s- like when I stalking john's twitter account <laughs> it did the quote thing, right? And then there was like a little like information button or whatever and it had some writing, but I didn't I didn't look at it. And I like clicked it and I could be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when I clicked it, it it popped up with something like that stopped me from doing it that said, "Do you want to read the article first? And I was like, "Oh, this is weird." And I was kind of examining it for a second, and I I didn't read the article because it was that Nathan Drake picture with with um yep tom holland tom Tom, yeah tom holland yeah and i was like the the picture is the story you know i know all the article is gonna say is this is your first picture yeah look what he posted on his instagram that's my favorite is when people take shots like that and then they make a whole article about it (laughs) yeah so i i knew i knew what the article was gonna say that's why i didn't read it it wasn't like it was actual news or something but i i did think it was funny that it was another way for twitter to kind of combat like just pushing the retweet button and then on top of that like you have to push it again and it's like hey yo <laughs> you need you need to think about what you say can they can they do that for comments too because like this someone commented under our report about this story about you and but i don't know thing. how i don't know how you could stop somebody from being like do you want to re- reread the tweet that you <laughs> are commenting on i mean i'm just know. saying this as a joke but it's like People yeah. will write like they'll ask, they'll question things that the information's either right in the article, so read the article, or they'll say something like, "Based uh, comments are always based on the headline." So whatever your headline is, most of the people who comment things are negative because they one they don't read the article and they just see the headline like, "I need to react to this." I would not, but I'm which is hilarious because of all the all websites, of my, Star all Wars venom news that now. I have in my life, I'm commenting here. Yeah, Star Wars Newsnet has the most straightforward headlines of any website. Well, yeah, we, we we don't screw. We don't try to screw. There's around. no clickbait. Yeah. It's literally what the story is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some guy was like, "Blessing um, and a curse." <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't believe that this is true. And I'm like, 
Ewan McGregor said it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and then I mean, and then he. Re- so I, I mean, go, if you're conspiracy theory enough, you could believe it's not true, even though. Well, he said I, so I said to the guy, I'm like, this, I said yeah. this isn't speculation. I'm like, check out the article. He's he. It happened. Uh, and he wrote back, well, it's Disney. And I'm like, oh, geez. I was like, all right, this conversation ended. Yeah. It's all a lie. Huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're all excited for Ewan McGregor to be returning to Star Wars yeah. in the near future, um, which moves us on to our next story about, Ugh. again, John Boyega <laughs> kind of talking out about Star Wars and... Uh, the the main crux of the story, I think, is um, kind of where it started, which was him being asked uh, by Yahoo Online. Is that what they're called? Uh, Yahoo Online? Yahoo Entertainment. Yeah, something. they change their name all the time. It's Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they he was asked about the Colin Trevorrow script and if he had seen anything from it, and he jumped on it because this particular person was the first or this outlet was the first one to ask him about that. And, um, it kind of, it kind of led into a lot of the things that he's already said before. Like he felt like his character didn't really have like this big thing to stand for at the end of the film. Um, whereas like Colin Trevorrow's script happened to have this like artwork that was done with it, where it's like Finn holding the flag and leading the charge and all this other stuff. So his comments on it basically were just, that would have been, dope like it would have been really cool to do that and i don't this is a little bit of my personal opinion coming in here i don't i don't really know if he meant that movie would have been better or if he was specifically just kind of talking about this one concept or this idea that would have been dope it also would have been dope if there was a thousand other versions of me being able to somehow stand for something i i think his just the problems were the with the again the way that finn was handled here um lacy i'm gonna start with you on this one and uh feel free to get into some of his other comments about um despite all that still being willing to come back um if oscar and daisy were willing as well <laughs> so first of all i love me some john boyega i think he's the most honest person that worked on the sequel trilogy and is not holding back about his feelings of how his experience was, how his character was, etc. And I think that goes back to things that we've said on this podcast before of kind of, you know, the baton being handed off to one person and then to another person. And then people like John Boyega kind of just get caught up in it, unfortunately. But um, I think, James, going back to what you were saying about you didn't know if you sang it one way or the other. I think based on his comments made months ago, I think he was saying, like, based on my experience I had, I would have liked to have seen this come into fruition. Like, I would have liked to see this happen. Um, and The I'm not movie gonna, or the scene? That scene for his character. I don't think he's that talking idea. about the whole movie. I think he was talking sure. specifically for Finn. And I agree. I mean, I saw the concept art when it came out just like everybody else. And it is super cool. Like the idea of a stormtrooper rebellion and this big moment for Finn and he's leading the charge. And I mean, what a character arc that would have been if that's what he was doing, which he did kind of do in The Rise of Skywalker, but not to this scale, which any actor is going to want the biggest, best part, obviously. Um, the one thing that kind of made me sad was when he said that he didn't know if he'd come back like he's like yeah my character's alive i guess but like only if daisy and oscar want to do it and as we know oscar is only going to do if he gets a house and then daisy's kind of like 
very quiet, hiding out in, in London, in New York, apparently. Um, I think London, actually. But yeah, I mean, I applaud him for being honest and st- sticking to what he said in the past and how he feels and, and what he believes in. Um, it just makes me sad because I really wish that all actors kind of had the attitude of Ewan McGregor, who really wants to be there and really wants to come back and is so excited to play his character again. But at the same time, I understand it because John Boyega's had a very different experience than Ewan McGregor. Um, So it's kind of up to him, but I really hope he does come back. I think Finn has a lot of potential in future movies to be a Jedi and use force powers and all this other stuff. That would be really cool. What do you think, John? Yeah, it's tough because anytime this these types of interviews come up, it it's you know it starts fires in fandom and it leads to finger pointing. This is Ryan Johnson's fault. This is J.J. Abrams' fault. This is Disney's fault. The you know Disney ruined Star Wars. All that stuff comes up again, and it's ripping off that scab that everyone's desperately trying to get over, so that we can you know keep enjoying the future of Star Wars and not muddying the future of Star Wars with the cloud of people's baggage over this trilogy um which i personally don't have i liked all three movies um i think with boyega it's like it's like this matter of circumstance like he's danced around it a lot but he really did not like what happened to finn in the last jedi he's been without directly saying i didn't like it he's been pretty clear about it um and i can't blame him for that because he was sent pretty much on an errand for most of the movie. And his arc in that movie is pretty much the same arc he had in The Force Awakens. Oh, I realized that I needed to come back and fight for my friends and stuff. Um, so I then I, I think it takes you to uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And the Trevorrow aspect does sound cool. The Stormtrooper Rebellion. But how do you make that happen in a third movie without removing Finn once again from his friends... And him doing all of this over here, unless you're going to bring Poe and everyone with him. And then all of our heroes are going to be spent freeing stormtroopers for the movie. So I think J.J. chose the relationship between the characters over you go do this, you go do this, you go do this. It's like they ran out of time. They ran out of time because they, they were separated. four movies. They were separated in the second movie, all three characters. So in order for you to believe that these three people care about each other, they had to spend a lot of time together in the final one. And I think JJ understood that. And maybe people's having a bigger epic story of their own was sacrificed because of that. But I ultimately think JJ made the right choice there. But if you ask JJ right now, you know, would you have wished you were able to do something bigger for Poe, for Finn, for Rose, for whoever? He probably would have said yes. Because, you know, JJ said like, Whoever criticizes the movie, they're right. But, you know, he had to make one movie to close it out, and that was the deal. And I agree. Maybe if they were able to, you know, get Disney to agree to, to do part one and part two or something like that, and, like, get real, like enough with this trilogy stigma. Like, I'm so tired of, like, you know, trilogy, it's like, trilogy, trilogy. It's like, that, like, come on. Yeah, you, it's like when in school, I don't know if you guys ever did this, you teamed up with two or three people and you wrote an essay and the first person wrote the first part of the essay and then the second person writes the second part of the essay and then you have to finish up the essay so you can't go back on the argument that's been made in the first and second parts of the essay you just have to finish it up that's basically what happened with the rise of skywalker and i think once you take that step back and realize that they weren't going back on things they were building on the things that were set up and 
in a way, the characters went on their trajectories they went on because they had to, because it, it's yeah. what made sense. And we, I, oh. one last thing, James, I'm sorry. Sure. He, he does bring up the fact, or he's asked about it, about the fact that um, characters in Star Wars of color are late in the game, aside from like Lando in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, there really wasn't any. Um, and Finn was shot out of a cannon in TFA, even though we all knew he wasn't going to be the Jedi and Ray was, I, I don't care who you are. You, you saw the writing on the wall. He had a big, massive role and he kind of took a back seat. I feel like Oscar Isaac took a back seat in the second one for the buildup of Ray and Kylo Ren, who happened to be two white people. So I see on the optics of it, uh, how he and people who he represents uh, would be upset about that. I don't think this was some deliberate choice of Ryan Johnson, like, let me get the two white characters. But I don't think Ryan Johnson's not like that. It's just, a, again, another matter of circumstance because those two characters, he wanted to take the story there, happened to have been two white people, and the, the other two characters uh, got kind of uh, sidelined. And I think from that perspective and just the story perspective, it it's it made episode nine very difficult to bring home uh, while also selling you on these characters all loving and caring about each other because they really haven't spent a lot of time together. Um, my my comment earlier was just going to be that I, I I kind of am glad that they did stick to the three film thing. I would have I wouldn't have minded longer films, um, but I mm-hmm. I would have not liked it if they did um, four five six one two three and then seven eight nine and also ten. Like that, I think that would have just mm. been weird. Now I don't care from now on. Get, give me series, <laughs> give me uh, one and a sequel, I, I, and that's it. I, I don't care. I just, mm-hmm. I, I do feel kind of. I would feel weird if it was like. I mean, we joked around it like nine one and nine two, nine <laughs> A and nine B. Like, yeah. well, it's because of like an end game, basically Infinity War type thing. I mean, nine yeah, and ten would have been fine. That, though. There's, there's no the precedent saga. for that, you know. Right. One, one to ten, right there. There's your saga. Yeah. But I think the only good thing about it is we wouldn't have had to hear people say the word quadrilogy. Is that a word? <laughs> it's a word. Is it? Uh, yeah. But no. Yeah. But nobody. I, mean, I like, would imagine. Yeah. Nobody wants to type that. Nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to hear that word. So maybe. It's yeah. A good and when thing, there's but... two, it's a biology. No, I'm just kidding. Is know. it? No. <laughs> I just made <laughs> just that up. Kidding. I don't know. Um, um, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, maybe. This... Can we stop t- with the trilogies too? By the way. It's just the saga now. I don't like sequel trilogy. Like it just. I think it's the era that people. I know, but it's, it's the saga now. Let's there it is. I disagree with yeah. that. I call them according to trilogy. <laughs> They're completely I mean, that, different. That's time another frames. discussion because I was actually thinking something similar uh, earlier this week. That like mm-hmm. I don't know. I've kind of lost track of like the eras and stuff, and and in a sense, like I just kind of look at them as like a timeline of stories and stuff like i don't know it's kind of weird there's like an outside world opinion of star wars and then there's like a, a in canon story i just don't happened. like the don't factions know. like oh you're an ot guy oh you're a well, prequelist oh you're you're a sequel trilogy person you're a disney star wars person i i just it's, it's always which trilogy would you get rid of which movie would you just shut up just stop <laughs> i have to say my least favorite uh twitter meme recently like probably in the past six months has been one must go i hate it 
I yeah. hate that. Get that out of here. That's what's got to go. Yeah, you, you're not like you know nothing good is coming of that. Yeah, just stop. I and hate then you're that. like, um, you're like, well, nothing's going, so just shut up. <laughs> I hate it, <laughs> guys. I normally am all about like fun things people are doing online and like making funny memes and images with people that you know. When I see trends going on, I I chime in and have fun with people. That's the one that as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is terrible. I don't know who came up with this. It's dumb. I'm not doing it, and I hate it. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is like, thank you, Lacey. I'm like that. <laughs> I'm like that guy in Spider Man. It sucks, and I hate him. <laughs> Yeah, who's that? Jonah Jameson? Jonah no, Jameson. it was actually um, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking right now. Jim Norton. Is that an actor? Mm-hmm. He's a comedian. He played the guy in Spider Man that says oh. I, he sucks and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't like this story though. Just in general, um, it's nothing against. I, I don't think it's anything against John Boyega. Though I wish, I wish like what you guys had talked about earlier. I wish he was more excited about it and stuff, but I guess there's no problem inherently with him saying, you know, I wish this would have happened or I didn't like how this was handled or anything like that. But it reminds me of the, like the Mark Hamill stuff too. And, and the Mark Hamill stuff is is a little bit different because it's confusing to me. And I still, to this day, don't know like where he stands because he's been very clear that he didn't like the direction, but he has also said, but in the end, of course, as always, I was wrong. And he says, like, he's come around or something. He's, like, all over the place, and I get very confused. My, my thing... <laughs> John just made a money motion. Money, 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 yeah. money. <laughs> um, so my thing with John Boyga is that... Um, so it's similar to what I feel with the Mark Hamill thing because I, while he's open to his opinion, I disagree with it because I like how Luke was handled and I do think that's where Luke would have been. And so in this case, we're back here with Finn and I, I th- there's like some elements that I can kind of understand, but like I really compare these characters to the original trilogy characters and I'm like, I, I see it just the same. I, I, I don't see, I don't know. I, f- I feel like they all got a big arc in Last Jedi. Like a big segment of the movie was do- was given to all three of them. Like the the one that people point to that they don't like in Last Jedi is Finn's. But for the most part, I mean, I'm saying like how the story was written. I feel like a lot of the movie was devoted to his character and what his character was doing the lot. So it's not a screen time thing. Same for Oscar Isaac. Like there's so much that goes on in that ship and what he's doing there and all this. And then when you get to the end, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like I compare Finn to Han Solo, for instance, like Han Solo had uh, a pretty significant role in the first one. And then they really dove into his personal character, but it really didn't have a whole lot to do with like the bigger everything. It just was kind of a personal story. And then in the last one, I feel like both Leia and Han Solo were like not as important. Like the big crux of the story was, um, was Luke. And then probably the person leading the charge really was probably Lando. That, that I'll agree that with in terms of Return of the Jedi. And I think that movie wasn't that well received back then either. 
uh, if you look at the history of the reviews and stuff, and they felt it was kind of a, um, uh, an anticlimactic, uh, whatever, like just a, a, a cheap, like, a cheap like ending, a, 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 a safe ending or something. They said like when when Han Solo, like, and this is Harrison Ford has said this for years. Like when Han Solo was like he was he was this 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 this, and then he has this big turn at the end of the movie. Right, that's his big arc. And then he has an even bigger, not an even bigger thing, but a different kind of story to tell in the second movie where he's, he's more like, it's more like of a romantic, like he's falling in love and he's really becoming the person that he is. But in the last movie, both him and even Leia throughout really the whole thing kind of is, is they're kind of similar characters. Whereas I feel like, I don't know, there's so much other stuff that's going on in the sequel trilogy. I feel like everybody gets their light and, and stuff. And I, I don't really feel like Finn got pushed away because he didn't he wasn't the guy with a flag in his hand leading the charge and he, even even then he kind of was like no, he's yeah. on he's yeah. on the star destroyer the top of the star destroyer like running around on horseback and all this other stuff and i'm like i don't understand how this isn't the story of finn leading the charge you know like pose up here Ray's over there. Where's Finn? Oh, that's right. He's on the ground. Like yeah. with with his army behind him. He's a general. Him. I mean, there's a there's there's two people leading that and it was Finn and um Naomi Aki's character. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Jana. And then it, yeah, if any if anybody I kind of understand a little bit is the Rose Tico thing. Like maybe Rose sure. should have been involved somehow in a, a different way. She kind of falls behind Finn in this case. But anyway, I mean, I, I feel like I'm rambling here. So the, wait, the James, point is, hot is take like, then? Are you saying hot take Finn and Poe had better third acts than Han and Leia? Ooh, that's hard. In their respective trilogies. I'm not talking about Han and Leia in the sequel trilogy and their fates and that stuff. I'm talking about in Return of the Jedi, Han and Leia versus Finn and Poe, The Rise of Skywalker. I think I would lean towards Finn and Poe. No way. Because Han and Leia were kind of like comedic comic relief in Return of the Jedi. Like Han Solo was kind of goofy in Return of the Jedi. Leia was not a comedic relief in Return of the Jedi. What the interesting thing about Leia in Return of the Jedi is like what was what was her big like contribution and it probably is the fact that like she went into that movie not knowing that she was related to Vader, not knowing that she was related to Luke and having to kind of come to terms with that because that movie starts with them in love. So the the love stuff is done, right? So her big thing is right. kind of yeah. being realizing that the the big picture of everything is a lot tight and close knit than she thought. And that is pretty relevant, but it also is, is kind of, I don't know, comparable to say someone like, um, Poe, for instance, that is trying to figure out, you know, how to lead this resistance after Leia's death. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's some other stuff there. I just, I don't know. It's a hot take. It's something to discuss maybe in the future, especially since we're like divided. You're really there. Lacey's really not. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. I'll say this. Maybe I'll revise that because she did have the situation with Luke at the end and her pushing him to go do what he had to do. But Han, I think for sure they mailed him in in Return of the Jedi. I don't think so at all. 
New Hope, I mean, he's he like this jaded guy. He's got an attitude. He's terrible. By the end mm. of the trilogy, he's this loving, caring guy willing to always do the selfless thing. But we're talking about just the one movie. Yeah, that movie. Just Return of the Jedi. Like so no, where nothing, he starts at Return yeah. of the Jedi to where he ends. Nothing happened from Han at the end of Empire when he's frozen to the end of Return of the Jedi that changed his character. He volunteered character. to lead a crew down to the planet. That's true. I mean, but I mean, you, I mean... We we comparing to to Finn and Poe in this particular instance, yeah. I feel like they did a lot. You know, like having to recruit like Zori. And I'm gonna say Han, Han was a little goofy stuff. in Return of the Jedi. That's all. Yeah, I mean it's something to think about. We we, we should move Still on from him. the stories. Yeah. At the end of the day, like John Boyega, he has his opinions about this. Um, some of them are political, some of them are personal, I, I and some of them are just like you know, he didn't dig it. You know, he was. I'm gonna have to knock myself out for talking bad about a Kazdan script now. <laughs> yeah, you are. You can't like it anymore. <laughs> um, revoked, like liking up. revoked. I revoke that revoking. <laughs> You're right, revoked a couple of things for revoking that, that revoke. Okay, let's talk about we got other things that uh, in the news today. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy with this one, but the the solo, the Star Wars Deluxe Edition mm-hmm. score uh, track list was actually revealed. Uh, they put up one thing that was like blurry, and they said it was coming, uh, but now they've revealed all the tracks, and there are in fact thirty five oh, so uh, tracks on this. Yeah, um, and I really tried looking at it, but I do not understand what the numbers mean. And stuff. Maybe it's a film thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it's every it's weird. It's like uh like the track lists are like track twenty eight, mall shows up, parentheses, four B, twenty six, thirty eight, forty nine, five minutes and forty nine seconds. Like, Break. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like a football play. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't understand what all these numbers are, but I'll try I I don't know, I try to make sense like scenes or something, but thirty five mm-hmm. tracks nonetheless. Um mm-hmm. this thing's long. I'm like, so this pumped. is um Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would imagine is that what we're talking? Is it's the length of the movie? It's just like yes, every. It's all song the music. Yeah, he said it was yeah. everything. So, so it's going to be the length of the movie or less. Is the how long it would take you to listen to the, this entire album? And it's also, um, it's going to be available to stream on Apple Music and Spotify. By the way, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, oh really? It, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, John Powell confirmed that in the comments. And and by the way. Again, another post where he's just humming in the make solo to happen. And he tagged hashtag. Disney and Disney records and all these Disney things. And he's like, by the way, hashtag make solo to happen. And and listen, this is this. I'm not saying this is a sign that they're going to make more solo. But the fact that they're like, yeah, we think this is a viable product to make a deluxe version of this soundtrack and this score and release it and make it and 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 make marketing for it and make a packaging for it and make this deluxe product it's like they they're probably going to market this better than they marketed the movie at this point they're they going to make have. money just for chicken in the pot featuring the two people that sang chicken in the pot yeah for sure i saw that and i was like yes it's going to be on repeat victory is mine um <laughs> The other thing uh, that's cool with it coming to Apple Music too, I can check Makes out some of the tracks happen. now. Um, <laughs> is the, so uh, the Frank Oz? Yeah, the Frank Oz is uh, returning uh, yeah. to play Yoda once again. Uh, this came with the new trailer for Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it's like a Oculus Rift or VR experience. Um, I don't know if it's Oculus or not, but um, it's kind of one of those deals, and uh, it looks pretty interesting. But they nope. keep dropping bombs yeah on new people 
who are like reprising their roles as specific characters and stuff. Cause Anthony Daniels was uh, fairly recently too. And now Frank Oz, nobody can do Yoda even close to Frank Oz. I know people give credit to, was it Tom Kane and um, Mm -hmm. other people. And yeah, Yoda is the star Wars character. Yoda is like the Christopher Walken impression of star Wars Mm. characters. Everyone (laughs) thinks they can do a Yoda. Just like everyone thinks they could do a Christopher Walken. Can you do one? Like in super bad. It's like they're like a Christopher Walken. No, Yoda. Uh, not really. Like, no, just uh, I like his like deeper voice (laughs) than his like high pitched. Uh, I feel like people's go to is the. I'm Yoda. I like the the more. That is why you fail. That I like that. That was pretty good. Oh, thanks. Oh my god. But Frank Oz, like, you got to get Frank Oz to do Yoda. Like, everyone else, you can tell, like, that's that's not Yoda. Like, even the cadence of the Yoda in the Clone Wars, it's almost like he's doing, like, poetry. It's like, and then you will go, and that's where you will be, because I am Yoda. Yeah, it's Wars. like when James Arnold Taylor does Obi-Wan. Like, you know it sounds like Obi-Wan, but you know it's not Ewan. Right, and he does a closer Ewan McGregor yeah, than sure. people do a Frank Oz Yoda. But James, what was that look you just made? I don't know. If the I (laughs) if the movies weren't as like well known for like the I know we do the quote game or whatever, but like the the music and and everything else, the the tonality of everything, Mm -hmm. I would love to do like an actual game where it's like you hear a voice actor and then you're like, uh Yeah, is it so and so or is so I think that's John James Arnold Taylor, you know. Yeah. But it would be too hard because like all the lines would I mean, they'd either be throwaway lines like, I agree, you know, or something and you're like, I don't know, I can't get anything from that. It's like that's He's fast. good. He's very good. Um, oh, I'm not but, saying he isn't. He's definitely right. good, but you could still kinda tell it's not Ewan. The the Yoda thing, it's just it, you can just it, you need Frank Oz, and I know he's like seventy five now, but he probably do it from his house at this point. And it's it's just a feel good thing to know that Frank Oz is back because a lot of the other characters he's done with the the Muppets and Disney, he doesn't come back to do anymore. But something about Yoda and Star Wars, he almost feels I don't know what the devotion is to it, but because he's not even as closely connected. Whereas with the Muppets and stuff, he was right alongside Jim Henson building that brand whereas with star wars he just came in because jim henson suggested him as the puppeteer and then he wound up doing the voice Mm -hmm. but for some reason maybe it's the money i don't know but he's always down to come back and do yoda whereas other people have gone on to do grover and cookie monster and sure uh fozzy and all of his other uh characters so it's cool i mean if i got if i got roped into star wars i'd be willing to come back no matter what (laughs) yeah but don't you think like the muppets were like hey frank why don't you come in and uh, we need uh, you to do Miss Picky on this new Muppet show. I don't think like... he agrees with what they've done with the Muppets. He's been pretty vocal about that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. He's like the Star Wars fans with Disney, like with I the just Muppets. W- I just He's the Muppet thought, menace. Yeah. I just would have thought that Fozzie Bear would have been holding the flag, leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they ruined geez. his arc. They I just don't his... agree with his arc. Yeah. He was wasted, wasted bear in in the sequel trilogy he wanted him to be waka 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 and holding that flag. look i agree with him i think disney bought the muppets and then did nothing with them so there's that mm. that's a new show though it's supposed to be not that bad right that's the thing it was terrible. Muppets, 
Oh, yeah. yeah, Muppets always mm. come back and they're like, they're bringing them back. Here it is. And then like nobody watches it. But yet they try to make minds, them too hip. It doesn't need to be hip. It just needs to be the Muppet show. Oh, didn't they in try to do like minds, the office version? Yes. Of the with the, we're like Miss Piggy and Kermit were like not together and she was with other people and like he was all depressed. It was really weird. I was like, this is stop. Jim Henson would hate n- this. There's a newer one that's it's more of like the old Muppet show, mm. right? I don't know. Yeah. On, on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's that's coming. I think I don't know. Who knows? Give me like John Denver things. Christmas Muppets. Like that's what. The that's Muppets good. Are. That is very good. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, I don't know. So. All right. I I yeah. I like the Muppets. Me too. But I don't watch any new Muppets, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's it uh, for the stories of the week. Uh, Lacey, uh, let's do Patreon Padres. Yeah, so guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So this is the part of the show where we get some of our patrons involved in the show. There's lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video on YouTube, comment, subscribe. We are so close to passing a next milestone on YouTube, so make sure to subscribe there. Um, Lots of content coming your way with the Mando Fan Show, of course, every Friday, which is going to be live with ourselves at first, but then guests every other week, which I'm so excited for. We have great guests lined up. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N or on Instagram as well at The Resistance Broadcast. So that being said, if you want even more of us every week, including mini episodes, mailings, Discord servers, extra stuff, early access to videos and content like our episodes, you can head over to resist or patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. I was going to say that backwards, just so you know. Uh, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Um, starting at $2 a month, going on up, you get more access. So in this segment, we welcome our generals to the show to give their insight on some Star Wars stuff. So first, I want to say thank you to our other generals. And those would be thank you to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbinson, and Kendall Gilnar. I said that right, right? Yeah, great. Yep. Thank you. Next, Andrew, who I just thanked, is the general this week. So, Andrew, we asked you, why do you feel new footage of Moff Gideon has been vacant from the trailers of The Mandalorian Season 2. You have your chance to tell us why, so take it away, Andrew. Moff Gideon has been absent from the Mandalorian footage for Season 2 thus far uh, for two reasons, I think. Uh, One, because I think he is such a major character in Season 2 that they're just trying to keep his role um, under wraps, keep all the footage under wraps, because uh, I think what he does in Season 2 is going to be a a huge performance, and it's going to be a a massive part of the storyline, and I think they just want to keep that uh, under wraps as long as possible. Uh, Last year, he was a major character, and and uh, we saw the impact he had in just a couple episodes. Second, I think they're just trying to uh, keep the footage out there to remind people that, hey, the Mandalorian's coming. Here's a brief snippet. And this is what it is. Just remember, it's coming out in this many days. So uh, sorry for the late response. It was kind of a last minute answer. So thanks a lot, guys. Hope everybody's doing good as usual. And may the force be with you. Great job, Andrew. Awesome. Awesome job. Per usual. You always kill it. Uh, James, what did you think? Um, I agree. 
I think that uh, they're definitely wanting to keep him under wraps. So you are you are strong on that one. Force is strong with you there. I I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is um, we have constantly talked about how we are giddy for Gideon, and that we are excited that he could solve what we have kind of self deemed the um, villain problem of Star Wars. So I think that uh, they're not hiding him because he's terrible. I think they're more likely hiding him because he's awesome or he's going to have some sort of crazy facial dysfunction in the first like episode or something that's you're going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then and then we'll we'll see. I don't know. Um, But yeah, great. uh, Great pod race. Uh, I'm with you 100 percent. John. Taking Andrew, man after my own heart. Um yeah, I was curious where you were going to go with that, but I think you're right. And you bring up the fact that you also think he's going to put in uh, a heavy-duty performance in this season. And you know I'm with you on that. Uh, I think we just got the pecking on the surface uh, from him from uh, season one. Like That was almost like his his teaser was season one. So um, I think we're in for a big deal. And this podcast didn't come up with hashtag Giddy for Gideon for nothing. We're all on board. You came up with that. I can't take credit for that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, you great job, man. And and I agree. You know, they didn't need to give us a lot of information because we're all pretty dialed in. And I think they gave enough for the general audience to be on board because some of those shots were pretty quick and exciting and making people want to get uh, there. And they want us to see it uh, when we actually see it. So you make great points. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this again. Uh, great job as always. And uh, cheers. To our future beers, buddy. Andrew, you did such a good job. Uh, I agree with you, too. I think the performance we're going to see this season is going to be epic from uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I could see him being up for an Emmy, honestly, with the performance he's going to give, because we're just going to get that much bad, bad vibe energy from him, which I love. Give me a good villain any day. Um, But yeah, awesome job. As always, you kill it every time. Um, So thank you so much for your support and thank you everybody else. Um, We're now going to head into Ask the Resistance with John where we're going to hear from the other part of the community. John? I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Yeah, Ask the Resistance. So if you ever want to send in a question for us to discuss on the show, whether it's a funny question, a serious question, kind of one that makes you think, uh, use uh, Twitter and use hashtag Ask the Resistance, or you can email us at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. But we have three on the docket here. The first one going to Lacey from Darth Rosie, actually one of our patrons. What is going on? Uh, Will there be more than one Star Wars show running at the same time within the next five years? So something like one of the shows puts an episode out on Tuesday, Another one puts it out on Friday. What do you think, Lacey? Hi, Darth Rosie. How are you? Hope you're good. No, you can't respond to me, but I'd like to think that you were like, I'm great. Um, yeah, so I am, I'm going to use my marketing hat right now. And I would say that they will not ever do this because they want to stretch out their content as much as they can and keep you around and get eyes on stuff. Um, so they're never going to have, they're never going to double up on content because they can just have you stick around on Disney plus two months later, or six months later, or a year later. Um, plus they make full calendars of their content. Uh, they might push up something or push back a project, but I don't think they're ever going to run two shows at the same time like this. I think it would just kind of 
hurt them to do that because then you're not sticking around. Plus, you don't want them to kind of cannibalize your audience and have people being, you know, paying attention to one thing and not the other. You want people all in one place, all the focus on the same content that's coming out. So that's my answer. Agreed. Um, all right. Good stuff. James, uh, John, another look at this. John Reese, John S. Reese on Twitter. What <laughs> is up, John? Uh, James, this one's going to you. What are some good canon tie-ins to movies or TV that you've enjoyed and some you think have been done poorly? Uh, his example of a poor one, he thinks, uh, is not letting the audience know in The Rise of Skywalker the medal given to Chewie was Han Solo's. So this actually came up. Um, I saw this before. I It said Ask the Resistance, but I think I was like kind of aware of it. I was kind of talking to him about some of the stuff beforehand. Um, but never, I didn't really give my answers. And I'm not even sure if I'm even, I'm still not even sure if I'm answering this question correctly. But the way I'm taking it is things that happened in canon that later like tied into a bigger property like a live action or a movie um is the way i'm going to take it and uh i came up with a couple that i liked and a couple that i i didn't actually just one really big one that i didn't but i don't like to talk about the negative stuff so i'll throw it in there but one that i um one that i did really like uh is ahsoka and kanan uh, appearing in even if just not their voices in the rise of skywalker I think that to me was like one of those things where like the the movie of the live action property was aware of the smaller, the lower canon, and they they raised it up. And I, I think um, you know some of my other examples fall into that category too. For instance, like the dark saber showing up in the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? That's something that comes back to this other lore, and um, it, it gets elevated later in the properties. And that is a good way to have a canon tie-in. Um, these stories are important, and we're going to show you why, and they lift it up. Uh, one one uh, that really sticks out to me, and this was, they did the, the Resistance Reborn book, and Wedge Antilles is a huge part of that book, and they tie him in so perfectly with, uh, with other characters from the Aftermath series, and obviously Snap Wexley, who first appeared in... Um, actually, first appeared in... Um, well, actually, no, I think you appeared in Force Awakens, but then in the Aftermath stuff. But anyway, um, Wedge Antilles, big, important character, and you really knew that he was he was going to have a big, strong point in The Rise of Skywalker, and I feel like they, they but butchered it. Like, he shows up for a quick scene, like one line, and it's throwaway, and I feel like if you're going to elevate any of the, the smaller canon and bring it up, that was a really good opportunity for them to, I don't know, like elevate that character and really like bring him back because there's nothing to lose. The He's ships too, you had trilogy said. Character. Like with, oh yeah, just, yeah, all the different yeah, types all, of all ships, ships and people, there. yeah. Yeah, um, so I'm not a fan of that. I think that was not handled very well and that they should have given him a little bit longer and a little bit more effort or they should have had him earlier in the movie maybe deliver some lines and then when we see him later in the cockpit, it's like, oh yeah, there he is again. Boom, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it it would have been so much better. Um, to wrap it out on a positive note though, Maul at the end of Solo. Big, awesome canon tie tie Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Solo is great for that on a bunch of different counts, but I think um, that counterbalancing the fact that you had a a movie character that should be there and and is exciting with the Wedge thing and they didn't do it, 
they have a character there that makes no sense to the casual fan. <laughs> and they said, it fits the story. It makes the story better. And and there's stuff that's going on that you don't know about, but it's it's happening within Han Solo's world. So it's got to be there. And so that is, that's another like tie-in to me that I think was handled like perfectly. Right on. All right. Crazy. L- last one here. Jay MacArthur at Sandwich Guy Jay. Uh, what is going on, Jay? Still want my you? sandwich, Jay. Still waiting on the sandwich. Was it a sandwich or a shirt? I don't know. We originally said send us sandwiches. <laughs> I want a sandwich wrapped in a shirt. How about that? Um, all right. Jay, you asked, I know you're always concerned about it. So do you think... Uh, he asked this, I asked this towards me, actually. Uh, I know you are always concerned about it. So do you think that the Kenobi series will somehow devalue Lord Vader maybe showing him be a little sentimental about his past and his old master. Um, I don't think they will. Uh, if Vader shows up in this, he's going to be very um, a New Hope type Vader, kind of like the Rogue One type Vader that we got. I think where you're going to get that emotional weight regarding Vader is going to be from Obi-Wan. So you're not going to see Vader being like... Um, having monologues or like having uh <laughs> side you know side stage pieces uh where he's delivering his sadness or anything like that i think it'd be cool if you saw them both in the same place but kind of just miss each other by a little bit but sense each other uh i don't think they should cross paths but it'll be interesting to see obi-wan reflect after seeing vader do something from a distance like imagine like you know we know how much of a detective obi-wan can be imagine him spying and seeing vader do some kind of like crazy village massacre or something and then just like really being like forlorn or sad about what he had become and actually seeing him do stuff in person uh so i think that'd be interesting so but i do not think we're going to get some sort of deep psychological dive of vader uh in kenobi especially it's just a mini series so they really can't spend time on that sort of thing so i don't think so i'm giving it a good 43 percent chance we hear the line annie what have you become annie what have you become from who obi-wan i think he's gonna say hello there at some point well yeah that's when i that's when i'm done (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean did, the, the, but that's that's obvious that's did obi-wan ever call him annie though i don't think so storm's coming annie well, well either way I, not annie anakin whatever the line that i'm getting at is he's gonna refer to him and say what have you become yeah he's gonna say maybe not you're maybe my brother right anakin now. he's like no. ah yeah 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 i was supposed to destroy it i get it shut up old man <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of the show. A uh, little extra length of a show here for you guys, but that's what we do around here sometimes. We like to have fun discussions and we don't like to cut them off. Uh, but make sure you do subscribe to the show. Why? Because now for the next nine weeks or so, we're doing three shows a week, which is TRB on Mondays and Thursdays and the Mando Fan Show live on Friday nights and then on the uh, podcast apps thereafter. So you can subscribe to us on YouTube, of course, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, which is my personal favorite for the audio apps, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio apps, we are there. Uh, so subscribe to both, maybe YouTube and your favorite audio app. Some Someone just recently wrote us and said, I usually watch you, but I went for a jog the other day, popped you on the audio, just as good. So thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> 
Make sure you uh, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast for all of our gear. Make Solo 2 happen. We have the Make Solo 2 happen pins in limited supply, so pick your Make Solo 2 happen pin up. Also, starting uh, today... We are doing the, we're participating in Mando Mondays. So we're going to be doing 10% off uh, some Mando Fan Show merch for you. Uh, so go uh, check it out there for that. And we'll, we'll tweet out some more details regarding that later today, probably. Um, you Anything guys can, on Friday? Yeah, what's coming on Friday? Oh, Friday. That's right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we don't have, <laughs> this isn't a scripted show. We have a brand new uh, Mando Fan Show logo that you guys have probably seen, which has, uh, it's more themed based on season two. Uh, so that is going to be that shirt is going to be debuting when we go live on the first episode of the Mando Fan Show this Friday. Uh, so probably a little bit before we go live, so James doesn't go insane. Uh, so look <laughs> for that um, around eight o'clock yeah, uh, hey, east uh, on Friday. The show's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We don't need James sweating uh, like the infamous panel in Chicago. But uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, so Johnny Hoey on Twitter, StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, doing things over there. Uh, James? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? You can find me eating Baby Yoda cereal on YouTube. Oh. That was a fun video, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Get quality content, like that us eating fun. cereal for yeah. 15 minutes. Um, but you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Uh, and... Someone did verify that their milk also turned green from the marshmallows. So just want a little vindication. Uh, so how about bad green milk is the word uh, for this episode. So Ooh. if you want to comment with bad green milk, that means you watch to the very end of the show. And that means so that's we love you. bad Thala siren milk. Right. Yes. Who everyone thought was a Sith Lord. That's speculation. No, is always the, best. the best was that not just a Sith Lord. Or they Anakin? said it was Anakin's ghost. <laughs> that that was the story. I'm not going to say which site said it because I don't want to embarrass them. But yeah. they said it was Anakin's Amazing. ghost, and it was a monster that challenges Rey in one of her challenges. And then surprise, it's Anakin. <laughs> it was Amazing. ridiculous. Um, Yep, bad green milk. Uh, hit us up with that, and then um, enjoy your weeks. We'll be back on Thursday, where we're going to do our final preseason uh, guesses and speculation. Have a good time talking about uh, what we think may happen, who may show up, that sort of thing in the Mandalorian season two, just to get our engines warmed up for Friday's debut of the Mando Fan Show, which we're going to be going live 8:30 East on youtube.com slash star wars newsnet videos mando fan show is going to be live and then if you can't make it live don't worry it will live there on the channel and of course uh it will be thereafter on uh like i said the all the, all the audio platforms. so uh stay safe and we'll see you thursday morning right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids